your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Someone who is about to enter this virtual studio is someone we've had on the show before, known for her flamboyant costumes, bright purple hair, strong vocal and musical tech talents, as well as her involvement in the LGBTQ plus and vegan communities. It is, of course, the incredible British songwriter, producer and musician living in Tokyo, Japan, Neon Shi. So welcome, Neon Shi. Welcome back. How have you been? <laughs> yeah, very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's so great. No, our pleasure. Last time we spoke was in, I think, February about your debut single, Future. And now yes. your album's coming out, <laughs> J-Pop. So how are you feeling yeah. about it? Oh, yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Because when we spoke last time, that was the very beginning of me being Neon Shi. So that was so exciting and I was so nervous and just all the emotions and now it's just, you know, it's not quite a year, but it's still been like so much has happened. So I feel like, I don't know, I just feel so ready because I've had this album being made for such a long time and I've just really wanted everyone to hear it and just kind of get it out. And now it's actually happening. So it's, it's just great, very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> we're looking forward to it. So I guess the first thing, when did you start? preparing for J-pop was it before future even happened or after future you're like I really want to make an album <laughs> it was a really long time ago actually because I went I actually started making J-pop before I lived in Japan because I came to visit to watch Our City live Our City is one of my favorite musicians and when I came on holiday and I saw him and I, I realized I want to live in Japan and so when I got back to England I just started writing the album of um I mean the songs that weren't necessarily like about Japan but I just wanted it to be inspired by the J-pop music scene and then when I moved to Japan that was really when I could delve into it and like do my research and meet really cool people and you know really experience life in Japan and create J-pop exactly how I wanted it so it's been a really long process but I think it really really started when maybe just around future just before what is yeah. it about, I guess, Japan that seemed to inspire the album? What was it that you mm. felt really encapsulated what you wanted the album to be? Oh, so many things. I think I've lived in Tokyo basically my whole time of living in Japan. It's this amazing city with so much contrast. Like, you know, it's so bright and fun, but yet the people are so quiet and humble. And I really wanted to encapsulate the different vibes within Tokyo, as well as talking about my own personal experience of living here, because so many things has happened, like not just about like traveling and stuff, you know, in my personal life and so many different things. I just wanted to really encapsulate my personal experience as well as thinking what does Tokyo sound like what does Japan sound like to me that's what J-pop is in my yeah <laughs> and is there a sort of theme in J-pop that you really wanted to try and emphasize and how does the singles that you released Rainbow Flag or Saka Child mm -hmm. and Wrong Boy's Attention kind of fit into the theme yeah so musically the theme would be like taking the Japanese culture along with my own personal like British roots so like you've got a lot of these kind of electronic sounds that you hear in all this kind of like J-pop music but then my own spin on it it's like somewhere in the middle <laughs> which I found really fun like just kind of making this new thing and then lyrically it is just a whole range of things so Rainbow Flag and 
um, Wrong Boy's Attention, all, all of the singles that came out, they're all quite contrasting. Like Osaka Child is about travel. Wrong Boy's Attention is about my own personal experience, obviously. And then Rainbow Flag is like my love song to the LGBTQ plus community and me talking about being like a bisexual woman. And just I just really wanted to connect with the people who listen to my music in that way as well, being part of this community. There's other songs that haven't been released that kind of cover topics of travel, love, and then some other things as well, cultural difference, and also just hanging around in Tokyo, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And what was it about? I, kn- I know you mentioned that it's a bit contrasting, the mm. singles that you release. Is there other reasons why I decided to start with those as a kind of teaser mm. for the album to come? I mean, Wrong Boy's Attention was probably the first song I wrote for the album. It's a really old song. And I just felt like it encapsulated the J-pop style really well, like with the kind of tinkling piano. I just thought it was a really strong starting point, which was why I wanted to release that one. Osaka Child, for me, it was one of the more meaningful songs. Like that was a really memorable adventure for me going to Osaka and just falling in love with the place and so I wanted to let people know about that it had that importance to me and then Rainbow Flag I just felt like that was actually a last minute decision I was going to release another song I decided to change it because I felt like Rainbow Flag was a bit more meaningful to me and to other people and I wanted to just spread a message of love because I feel like there's so much negativity right now the pandemic and I just thought you know people need happiness so that's why I released Rainbow Flag really. And could you tell us a little bit you've sort of touched on it already the process of creating J-pop but was there any other highlights in the process I guess like any roadblocks or moments of inspiration that were particularly stood out Yeah, there's so many good things and there were so many things that were kind of challenging because it was just something completely new. My biggest love for J-pop was just completely immersing myself, like going into the studio for like a week straight and just you know, bashing out all of these songs, taking notes, listening over and over. It's like, it's what I live for. I love it. So I was just so happy to be able to do that because, you know, being able to make art such a huge part of your life, it's just so, it's so great. So I feel so lucky. The challenges for me were trying to let go of what I think other people will think. You know, I've touched on this before in certain videos on my Instagram and talking about how it's really easy to try and be a bit of a people pleaser and make music that you think other people will like. When I became Neon She, I put my foot down. I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to make music that I want to do. I'm going to create the music that I want to make. And if people love it, then that's great. And I think the people who do love it are, you know, my people, right? They're my tribe, if you know what I mean. We're on the same level. And anyone who doesn't like it, that's okay. You know, it's just not their thing. So for me, J-pop has been this great experience of discovering what I want to make and coming from a place of love for myself rather than trying to you know just do things that I think other people will like Mm. and I've noticed you've also added a few Japanese lyrics in some of the songs that you (laughs) so have you been learning much Japanese while in Japan how's it going yeah yeah I'm really trying (laughs) trying. (laughs) it's a really hard language but you know I have some great people around me who are always helping me and always teaching me and so I have a really great kind of network but I'm not like one of those people who's like studying five hours a day I know people like that and that I really 
respect them and I really wish I could be like that but you know I've always got my audio and my Spotify that I listen to and always trying to just replace words from English to Japanese it's a process I think with anything language learning is a process and I'm not I'm nowhere near perfect nowhere near but I'm I'm just on like this journey and just doing my best yeah no (laughs) absolutely I respect you for it (laughs) and I guess what is it about J-pop that you're most excited to share with fans and listeners I think yeah like I said before I think it's just this showing people what I love and just being unapologetic and just kind of saying like this is what I love to do and this is who I am and this is what I've created and please just listen to it and appreciate it if you like it that kind of thing I'm just excited to have it out it's I've been listening to it so much recently just you know pre-master and mixing like the process takes ages and so much energy and so I feel like I've got this secret that no one else has heard and I'm just so excited to share it and Mm. is there anything else that you kind of wanted to mention about J-pop or about the experience Mm. that I haven't asked you or touched on yet I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, it comes out on the 27th and I've got some really exciting things planned. I've got a week after it comes out, there'll be an instrumental album coming out, which is all of the tracks, but just with no vocals. So I really wanted to give everyone a chance to listen to my production process because I think it's very easy to like listen to the lyrics and just kind of, you know, really enjoy that. But it hasn't just been me writing lyric. You know, I did everything. So I really want everyone to like hear that as well and then a week after that I'm hoping I think it's going to be a week after that I've got a ton of really talented remixers and musicians who have remixed and made versions of a lot of the different tracks of the album so we're going to be releasing that in the weeks following so uh, yeah really excited and loads of things loads of things happening and I guess where can our listeners find you if they want to know more about the album Mm. and upcoming events yeah so there is my Instagram which I'm very active I, I do most of my promotion through there I'm also on TikTok now. I'm trying to work that out. It's it's a little confusing though, but I'm I'm trying my best. Also, we have a mailing list. There's a, a mailing list on the 23 Unified Frenzy Records and they they basically just share tons of information. Not very often, but like, you know, maybe like once every few weeks there's like a new email that goes out so you can join the mailing list and anything that you might miss on Instagram, you can get it directly to your inbox. So it's really useful. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a hard question, but do you have a favorite song? <laughs> you know what? I knew you were going to ask me this. So I, I thought about it before the interview. And um, I, I think my favorite song, well, it changes actually, like when I listen to it and it depends on the mood that I'm in. But I think for now, my favorite song is Love the Moment, which is an unreleased track. Yeah, we'd be happy to play that one. I'm sure oh, it'll be exciting. Thank you. <laughs> be wonderful. <laughs> but thanks so much, Neon Shi, and all the best. We're looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice to chat again, and I hope to speak again soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>